Fact of the day, just because a race is relatively uneventful doesn't mean that a race weekend provides nothing to discuss. This is before the green and after the checkers, and one of the biggest stories of the week happened before the first green flag of the weekend with Chase Elliott having a pretty serious snowboarding injury. But there's some other storylines in the world of NASCAR that we're going to get to as well, and we're sure you're going to enjoy it. As we head to Phoenix for the last race of the West Coast Swing, we're going to be here staying on top of all the Cup Series news. Buckle up. It's go time. Hit it, boys. Welcome back, Donnie. Good to be back, my friend. Yeah, well, I don't know about friend, but you know, <laughs> but it's good that you're here. For sure. <laughs> it pays the bill, so I keep sticking around. Wait, you get money for this thing? Oh, you're not? No. Oh, never mind. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first off, we should probably thank Ryan for filling in last week. It was kind of a... Kind of a short notice type of thing for him, and uh, so that was really good that he was able to jump in there and and uh, and fill in. So that was good. Yeah, thank you very much. Definitely appreciate it. I was actually super glad. Well, we'll get we'll get to picks later, but I was glad he was here. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so Chase Elliott had a snowboarding accident on Friday night in Colorado. Um, resulting in a pretty serious leg injury, obviously, that required surgery. So on Tuesday, Hendrick Motorsports announced that the recovery period was going to be six weeks. So, Donnie, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big loss, not only for HMS, but for NASCAR as a whole, with their most popular driver out. That's it. I mean, you never want to see that from, you know, a fan standpoint. The majority of the guys that show up week in and week out are too for this guy. As far as Hendrick goes, I mean, if there's a team leader there, you got to say it's Chase. I know you're a Bowman fan, but let's face it, I think those guys look to him for leadership. And Yeah, it's just it's a sad situation for sure all the way around. Yeah, I'd probably say the leader there is probably Rick or, or Jeff or <laughs> one of those no, guys. No, but... I'm pretty sure it's Chase. I think <laughs> no, but you are right. I mean, he's, <clears throat> which this is a staggering statistic when you think about how young he is, but he's the like longest tenured driver at Hendrick Motorsports currently. And oh, <clears throat> what's, I guess, well, geez, it's been, this is what, his seventh season or something like that? So hard to believe how fast time has gone, but he stepped into that car in 2016. Wow. <laughs> doesn't seem like that, does it? No, it doesn't. But, but nonetheless, he stepped out of the car this week. And uh, Josh Berry filled in. Josh didn't have a, a great race. Um, although, to be fair, I think there's a... <clears throat> like, don't get me wrong. I think there's always pressure with NASCAR jumping into the top series. But I think um, when you don't have the opportunity to plan or anticipate it, like, I think this week he's going to be in a much better position to have a decent run. I think this week we yeah. can actually say he had a fair shot. Jumping into that car after... For one, the team wasn't prepared, let alone the driver, right? So yeah. you're jumping into a car, you're getting your seat all dialed in, you're getting things adjusted a little bit for you, but once you're at the track, how much adjustment do you really have available to you? So you're in somebody else's car as they would drive it. So it wasn't surprising that he didn't have a great run, but I was expecting a little bit better considering the other three cars finished literally one, two, and three. But You got to think if Chase was there, that would have been one, two, three, four. I do think that that very well could have been, um, but I'm okay with how it worked out as far as that goes, um, and I'm sure I'm sure Hendrick's okay with the one, two, three. Yeah, but. definitely. For as bad as his week started, I'd say it ended on a pretty good note. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was probably, uh, from what I understand, he well, according to what Fox said, Hendrick was watching the race with Chase, so he... Uh, 
he probably looked at him and said, see, that could have been you, but you want to go snowboarding in Colorado. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I guess, you know, end of the day, Josh Berry had a better run than Chase did, so not all bad news for Glock. Yeah, well, he might have been on a black diamond hill too because he finished 29th two laps down, so <laughs> maybe both of them should take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a bad look to be laughing about someone's injury, but yeah, I love that's who we are. I mean, you know, he's going to be back in six weeks. Like, yeah, you know, it could have been worse. And historically speaking, if you break a if you break a leg and get a medical waiver, you seem to go on quite a tear. Now we only have one example of that, but I mean, KB won the championship that year. So if uh, that's the truth, you know, if he does half that good, it'll be a good season. For sure. I will say this, though, from a interesting perspective, because there's something that maybe perhaps we wouldn't have gotten to see, or at least not yet, uh, is Jordan Taylor jumping into a Cup Series race, uh, jumping in at Circuit of the Americas here in a couple weeks. He has won at that track twice in IMSA. So that's, of the four races he's raced there, he's won twice. So that's a pretty good track record at that track. And the other thing that I think is a really good advantage for him is he's been doing a lot of the testing in that uh, garage 56 entry that Hendrick Motorsports is putting into Le Mans with NASCAR's support and whatnot. So considering how heavily that's based on the next-gen car, I think there's a chance that we might actually see Jordan have a fair amount of success in his first entry. I don't know what your thoughts are on that one, but... Yeah, 100%. Uh, I guess, too, like, we might differ on this, but like, what's a successful first run in NASCAR for you? For a guy of his caliber at a track that requires that much, that that's that technical, we'll say. To me, yeah. I would think, I would think top twenty is, I won't say expected, but, um, I mean, it's not like you're driving for a part time team, right? You're driving yeah. for a full time team. Currently, I would say probably the best team in NASCAR so far this year. Now, we don't know what the road course program looks like, to be fair. But I I would say you're probably driving for the best team. So I would say say top 20 is nearly expected. And um, I think some of his caliber might even see a top 15 or a top 10. I don't foresee a win, obviously, but... No, that's uh, kind of where I would say if he walks away the top 15, I don't see how you can be disappointed. Yeah, I mean... Um, in this day and age, we don't we don't see the road course ringer like we used to. Now, that being said, Project Ninety One last year with Kimi Raikkonen, which apparently Kimi Raikkonen's coming back uh, also at Coda, so that's going to be interesting. Um, we're seeing a little bit of the. I won't say they're a ringer because I think that's almost a disservice to call them that because these are the top echelon of drivers in the road course world, right? With with yeah. Kimmy having that Formula One history, um, Formula One champion, actually, and Jordan having accomplished all that he's accomplished, I think that this is... Um, I think this is a little bit different from the Ringer situation, but I also think if you look at it from the field as a whole, we have a lot stiffer competition than we had back when guys like Scott Pruitt and Ron Fellows were jumping in for a race or two a year. Yeah, 100%. You know, so I think there's a I think there's a different level of success that's expected because we were getting we were seeing the ringers because that was like the team's hope of having a good finish because they needed it. And now we're seeing you know, Project ninety one is just a fun little project for track house racing because apparently apparently track house racing builds teams like nobody else to become I mean Two years in, and they've already had a championship for birth. So uh, maybe, yeah. maybe they are the way of the future. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if someone could do it, it'd probably be them. Seems to be that way. Um, yeah. Back to the chase element, just a little bit more though. Yeah, there, there's sure. there's been a lot of talk, and I don't. I'm going to ask your opinion, and I'm going to give mine because mine might differ a little bit, but. Do team owners and sponsors have a right to ask their drivers not to participate in certain activities throughout the year? And then if we can kind of continue on there, 
What responsibility does a driver have to step back in their personal lives to ensure they're doing the best they can to ensure that they stay healthy? And so I'm just going to throw that to you and then we'll go there. Yep, for sure. So part one of the question, do sponsors or team owners have the right to ask? 100% they do. They have the right to tell you, you can't do this and you can't do that. And the time when they can do that is when they write your contract out and you put pen to paper. Now, if that's not in your contract and, you know, I don't think they have the ability to step in and say, oh, you know, we don't like you doing this and this now, so stop that. Like, no, you had your chance to lay out what you think is acceptable and what isn't. And obviously they didn't put that in the contract. So I think Chase is allowed to do what he wants to do on the weekends. Not the weekends, that's when they work. <laughs> because through the week. <laughs> Unlike but, us, he gets five no. days to do what he wants. <laughs> but then it comes back down to, like, what's, you know, on the driver, like, should you be doing, you know, things that's going to cost you time in the car? You don't want to see your driver doing that. But like I said, it's not in his contract, so he's allowed. But from Chase's standpoint, uh, you know, if you're going down slopes that you're going to break your leg on, you probably should be picking easier slopes. I mean, I don't know the details of the accident. Maybe it was a freak accident on Bunny Hill. Who knows? But I think you do need to be a little more careful in race season about the activities you choose to do outside of it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and actually I, I kind of thought we were going to, I kind of thought you were going to have a different opinion on that where, where you kind of take a little bit more of a wide open approach where, you know, do what you want kind of thing. Um, but my, my thing is this as a, as a driver, I think, if you're going to have a situation like that, the beginning of the year is probably the time to do it, especially with the format that we have. You know, you look at you look at Alex and Kurt last year with their injuries. I realized that that was in car, so that's definitely different. But had those happened at the beginning of the year, well, they might have had a completely different end to the season in the sense that they still would have been able to fight for that championship. And so I think that's where things kind of change is you have to look at where am I at in the season and... You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't do anything during the, as you get closer on, but I think that there is a time to take risks. And I think there's a time where you have to go, okay, well, maybe right now is not the time. And um, I think that's solely to the driver's discretion. I mean, that's, you know, that's basically comes down to what level of commitment are you giving it? That are you just avoiding situations that you know to be dangerous or are you looking at hypotheticals and avoiding them too? And I'm not saying that they should or they shouldn't, but I think as a, as someone who, if I was driving, I think that's kind of how I would look at it. But at the same point, jumping in a car and driving down the freeway can be extremely dangerous too. So life is just full of it. You know, I don't really think we, uh, I don't really think you can ask, these guys are adrenaline junkies, obviously. I don't think there's anyone in a NASCAR cup car who's timid. Does that make sense? So yeah. you can't ask them to stop chasing that high that they obviously get. Um, so I, I don't think that you can ask that. And I think teams have gotten away from that for a reason because they see the success that guys who are out racing more and doing those things have. Like if you look at a guy like Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, the last two cup champions, sorry, that's not right. We literally just had Logano win. The last two before Logano, <laughs> um, you know, they're out racing all the time in other events. Chase a little bit less than than Larson, but, I mean, Larson drives everything all the time. And I don't think anyone would look at him and go, eh, maybe he should tone it back. No, I think if you look at, if you look at guys who put more time behind the wheel, they usually have more success. And that's, I think, why we've seen a fall off with Kyle Busch over the last few years. Is we don't we haven't had practice. He hasn't been allowed to race Xfinity and trucks as much as he wants, and I really think that's been a disservice because he doesn't get seat time. And I think guys who want seat time, guys who want that extra in their life, should be allowed to have it, regardless of sponsor, regardless of owner. Yeah, and I mean, like that's it. Like you said, these guys are adrenaline junkies. At the end of the day, they're going to go chase it anyway. I mean, if you want to, you know, look in the past, you got Smoke Johnson was told he wasn't supposed to be racing. <laughs> yeah, which 
we discovered this year. I had never heard that story, and I've been a diehard NASCAR right. fan all along. But and neither have I. But instead, it's our buddy Corey, who's never watched a race in his life until Daytona this year. Lots <laughs> of some of the history of Tony Stewart. But well, yeah, prime example: Tony uses an alias to run races because Joe Gibbs was the one of running them, and they're they're going to do what they're going to do. They're grown men, right? And like you know, it's one of those things. That like you look at Chase's situation. Let's say Hendrick had it in his contract. Like, okay, yeah, you're not allowed to do it. Well, he did it. He broke his leg. What are you going to do? Release him from his contract? Right. Like the guy's the face of your organization. Like he's the golden goose. You kind of gotta. Give him some space to do what he wants. Well, he's a bit of a cash cow, right? Like, yeah. Who's more marketable in our sport? Of that. No. No. Like, you, you're not going to find a guy in NASCAR more committed to NASCAR in the sport than Chase. Like, he's he's great for the sport. He does his job. It's a freak accident. It sucks. You know, you'd like to see these guys wrapped in plastic wrap for five days a week while they sit on the bus and race their cars on Sunday, but that's not life. Like, right. Things are going to happen and you just kind of got to roll with it. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, I'd rather, like, I'd rather hear stories like this, like, ah, oh, Chase is out six weeks because he hurt himself snowboarding that Chase is out six weeks with a concussion because the new gen cars are, you know, trash. Right. And thankfully we haven't, I don't think we've had, any serious instance yet where we can point to that and say that that's resolved either. So I do think that still does yeah. have to be on our mind a little bit, but thankfully as of yet, we haven't seen it and I'm hoping that continues. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, let's talk race results and what that looks like because HMS Hendrick Motorsports obviously finished one, two and three, uh, with Byron sweeping the stages Larson coming up second and Bowman finishing third. Actually, Bowman made a really aggressive move at the end of the race, and that's not something that we typically see from him, but uh, putting them three wide there on that restart, um, I actually thought he gave himself as much of a chance as he could to win from that fifth spot, but he, he did get up to third. Um, but got off traffic, or off topic, sorry, but is it too early to talk about Chevy dominance this season? We got three wins in a row, all by different Chevy teams. Is it is it time where we call up Toyota and Ford and go, hey, season started, guys? <laughs> no. Short answer, no. It's a week too early. Let them sleep? <laughs> What's that? You think we should let them sleep? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? No, you, you said I asked if it was time to wake them up, and you said no. Oh, yeah, let them sleep. <laughs> they need their rest, obviously. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted but you. No. But- I think you're uh, panicking a little too soon. Uh, Phoenix, I think, you know, if we leave out of Phoenix and it's still Chevy's, then yeah, it's going to be time to panic. But, I mean, since 2012 to 2022, uh, one Chevy, like Richard Childress Racing's won. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, you got Joe Gibbs Racing has won three races since 2012. Roush has won one. Penske won one. Uh, Stuart Haas has won five. And I know some fans are going to be like, well, probably not on this podcast. I don't know how end up there. Maybe they don't fact check us. But uh, some of Stuart Haas's races were when they were running Chevys. But uh, Harvick is still continuing that dominance in the Ford. And Chase Briscoe winning last year in a Ford. So, yeah, besides Newman with RCR, the last guy to win in a Chevy was Jeff Gordon, Hendrick Motorsports, 2011. And I'm not surprised. The guy's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... And to be fair, you know, you said I shouldn't panic yet. I'm not panicked at all. I'm... You're a Chevy guy. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hunky-dory, you know. Um, I actually think that... I think that as we go through the season, things will balance out a lot more than they are. And if things get too out of control for one, NASCAR will likely step in. But I'm okay with um, with a little bit of dominance here and there. I think last year we we saw what parity looks like. I think we saw what um, a year full of teams all being really, really level, all being really, really close can do. And as exciting as that was, I'm okay with a little bit of, okay, now I know who has, still has the best program, who is still developing their cars the best, and that kind of thing. And I think that... 
this is kind of the way to show that. I think that it really, it really shows to me that there is still some room to tinker with these cars and make them better because obviously one manufacturer so far has, and I'm not saying it's a huge gap yet, but you know, undefeated on the year is something that the other manufacturers wouldn't want to hear at all. So as if that streak continues, I think Toyota's taken big steps forward just from last week alone. Like the the results they had, I feel like, you know, they're stepping in the right direction because I was saying, Day one, they seem like the only team going backwards. But Christopher Bell, what was it, fourth place? Bubba fifth? Yeah, I was actually thinking that might be flipped. I actually think Bubba got fourth. Did he? Bell fifth, yeah. I I would have to look to be sure, but I I think that was the way it was, which, great run for Bubba, for the record. Yeah. And I mean, the 45, it was fast. Like, he had speed. He just ran out of talent, couldn't handle it. Uh, Truex looked good. Hamlin looked all right. Like, Toyota, I feel like, is kind of moving in that direction, which, going into Phoenix, that's where I'm kind of expecting it to shake up a bit and realize, okay, Chevy had three quick wins, but this is still a three, three-sponsored three sport. And, and the other thing is, too, I mean, if you take Daytona to the picture, because Daytona, there is a certain element of luck involved Um, not that you win there by being lucky only but there is an element of luck simply surviving the the chaos and whatnot so if you take that out of the picture really all we've done is race mile and a half Um, and as we get to Phoenix which is a vastly different track it might actually give us a lot better idea of who's where to right on on the 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 mile and less configuration so I'm actually really looking forward to this week. Got that new rules package that that looks like it might be interesting. So, kind of looking forward to that. I doubt we'll see the rain package since we are in the middle of a desert. But um, (laughs) it is on the list for that as well. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah, as far as Phoenix goes, you know, this is kind of the race I got circled early on in the year. You kind of wonder how it was going to look in November, so. Yeah. It's fun to kind of who's performing well, who's got a good looking car, who could possibly still be racing for a championship come November. Yeah, this will this race will have all eyes on it. Um, it's uh, from that perspective, everybody in the world of NASCAR is going to be looking at this for ways to improve, um, knowing full well that they might not make it to the final four, but I think everyone at this point is believing they can. And I think yeah. that, well, I shouldn't say that. Obviously, there's some teams that know they're not going to, but um, I think at this point that that's a really important thing to be looking at already is, okay, where are the tracks that we're at in the last 10 races? What can we learn there, especially at this track? So I, I am excited for Phoenix. I think Phoenix is going to be a really good race. Same. You know. I'm so glad we don't do Miami anymore. Oh, I mean, Miami's fun in its own way, but it's not a place to decide a championship. You mean for the last race of the season? Really? <laughs> I actually, uh, I got to disagree. You like it for the? Oh, man, come on. I liked it more than Phoenix. The Who can hug the wall the closest? Yeah. Oh, no. No, we're, we're vastly different on that. Yeah, no, I find Phoenix is a track that, especially for the last two years, has been extremely boring. Um, I mean, we, I'll tell you this, it's better than Las Vegas. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> um, or at least this week. Normally, Las Vegas has been a good race, but this week was this week was rough. Um, but like two years ago, Kyle Larson won, and we knew he was going to win forty laps before he did because of pitch strategy. It probably wasn't forty laps, but we knew long before because of pitch strategy. Last year, Logano and Blaney dominated the race. Nobody could touch them. There was no passing. The only real shakeup we had was when Chase Elliott decided that his bumper would look really good across Ross Chastain's bumper and spun himself out. Like other than that, it was a boring race. And I really don't yeah. think that we should culminate in a boring race. Now, do I think it has to go back to Homestead? No, but I thought Homestead was more interesting. Um, there was passing, there was multiple grooves. Um, I mean, a lot of people run the wall, like you said, but uh, yeah, no, um, that's interesting to me that we're so, oppo- or so differing on that opinion. Absolutely. We need to talk some week coming up about where we think the best place to have a final is. Yeah. Um, Start thinking about that. We'll 
have it out on on live live discussion. Oh, are we doing these live coming up? Is that <laughs> is that a policy change? I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, I've changed so many diapers today and I'm saying so many lullabies that I can't speak straight. Yeah, but did you get Natalie to sleep? <laughs> You might want to edit that out for your own safety, bud. <laughs> um, <laughs> regular season points, um, not including wins and stuff, obviously, which would elevate certain people uh, higher because that doesn't really change until 26 races from now. The top five consists of Chastain, Alex Bowman, yep. Kevin Harvick, Daniel Suarez, and Martin Truex Jr. Is that not... Wild, eh? Yeah, that is not a top five that I anticipated us ever seeing, let alone, like, I I shouldn't say that. Harvick and MTJ aren't a surprise, but Chastain, Bowman, and Suarez, I don't think people predicted that this time of year, um, this early. It feels like a simulation of, like, a NASCAR game on Xbox. Yeah, where everybody has equal equipment and... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been impressive. I mean... Chastain and Bowman are like 20 points ahead of the next closest guy in third, which is Harvick. Yeah. And uh, they've really... So out of that top five, what's the biggest surprise to you? Whew. Uh, probably Suarez. Um, yeah. I like Suarez and was very happy for him the first year of Trackhouse, but I think... If you look at last year and this year, I think Chastain outperforms him consistently. So the fact that he's sitting there in that position is is good. I, I'm and he's having a silent, uh, sorry, not a silently good year, but a quietly good year. We don't really see him a whole lot, hear a whole lot about him, but he's putting together results. So I'm 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 surprised to see him, and I think Martin Truex would probably be like second in line there because he had a. He had a consistent points here last year, but obviously he didn't even make the playoffs and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I mean, a big part of that too was just the amount of winners we had. Yes, yeah, he finished regular season points. He was quite high. But. Like we were one win away from Blaney on making the playoffs last year. I think he was second going into it in points. Well, actually, uh, we were only one medical waiver away from Blaney not making it. If Kyle, or sorry, if Kurt Busch hadn't backed out, Blaney wasn't Oh, my word, you're 100% right on that. Yeah, no, we... Uh, That's wild. Yeah, and then we had two more race winners after that, I believe. Yeah. Because Busher won Aaron and Bubble won. And Busher. Okay. So three more then. Three more after that, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, yeah, that's wild, eh? <laughs> So when I talked earlier about Chevrolet dominance, that's what I meant. Like I'm okay with us not seeing a different win every week. Like let's let's make some superstars here a little bit. Yeah, build up those, uh, build up certain drivers, and you know give give the fans their driver winning sometimes. Or and so I, yeah, I guess back to Chevy dominance. You look at the top five, and all three manufacturers are in there. You got Havoc and the Ford Truex and the Toyota, and then three Chevys. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely, um, there's definitely different ways to look at that, but um, yeah. if you look only in the wins column, it looks pretty lopsided right now, right? Yeah, and let's be honest, where the sport is today, that's where it matters is the wins. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you see any of those? Do you see any of those five drivers that you think is uh, is going to drop out of the top five in coming weeks? Uh, like if I'm going five down, I think Suarez would be the first to go. Then I'd pick Bowman. And this one, I kind of went back and forth and it pains me because, but I'd probably give Harvick the next boot and Chastain. Like I said, he was, you know, a flash in the pan. Trackhouse wasn't going to have the results they did last year. It was a fluke and here they have both the drivers in the top five. But Chastain's proven week after week that he's, a serious threat, so as much as I hate to say it, I think he possibly could stick around this season. And Truex, I got him staying in the top five. Like, I think he'll be finished in the top five this year for sure. So we're not that far off. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Suarez or Harvick drop out. Um, for yep. me, I think Harvick's the most likely simply because I think the other drivers have better teams and equipment around them. 
Um, yeah, which is crazy to think, eh? It is, but like... Like there's just a few seasons ago, Stuart Haas racing and Kevin Harvick nine wins. Yeah, I know. But that team has fallen off, and I think Harvick being in the top five is temporary at best. If you look at the gap, like it's a 20-point gap from third to second, which tells me... I don't think it's necessarily that he's running so well as it is that most other teams have had a really bad week. Yeah. And, and I think once you start to balance that out a little bit, like once he starts to have a rougher week here and there, which I think he will, I don't think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see a Kevin Harvick resurgence this year. Um, I think we might no. see a win or two out of him, but I, I don't think we're going to have some, you know, crazy popping off. I think that he's probably the first to drop out. And then I think I would actually, um, I think I would probably go with Suarez too. Um, I, I do think that you're right on the money with that. I don't see your point about Bowman. Um, I said at the beginning of the year that I think his new crew chief is a complete difference maker for him. Was never a Greg Ives fan, but um, I'm a I'm a big fan of of his new crew chief. I think the proof is in the pudding. And so I, I see him and Chastain staying there. Uh, for me, the jury's still in on Martin Truex. I just don't see a drive in him like I used to. Um, I say that more in reference to last season because this season's such a small sample size, obviously. But last year, I just didn't see the drive out of him that, or the passion that I feel like we are used to with someone of his caliber. And so I kind of I mean, think... when you're week in, week out in a car that you're driving you know, competitive and then your equipment just fails you. Like it's hard to look motivated or happy at the end of the day. Sure. Like anytime that guy's car didn't blow up, he had junk equipment and anytime he had speed and looked incredible, his car blew up on him. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, uh, that's just kind of my thoughts on it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. You know, but with Bowman too, I guess like, I might have unfairly put him out of the top five. I just, I guess he's a surprise to me. Like, if you were to say who's the highest-looking Hendrick driver, I wouldn't have picked Bowman. But maybe this is what he needed, you know what I mean? New crew chief, he's got the contract signed. That's not stressing. Because even last year, through the season, people were talking about, oh, he might not have a ride after next year. So you got to imagine, you know, Rick showing a little bit of faith in him. Maybe that's the... Boost he needed to get consistent. Yeah, we'll see where he finishes. Yeah, because a lot of people were talking about Kyle Busch possibly taking that ride. And, uh, heck, I was even saying that <laughs> three weeks ago after he signed his contract <laughs> that he was probably going to go <laughs> elsewhere. So, um, so I might not have the best picture <laughs> of what's going down, but I mean, are we sure this season hasn't ended already? Maybe we should make sure there's no winner. <laughs> yeah, we're in a we're in a time lapse here. Yeah. But like I've actually Well, right. <laughs> I've actually I've got Bowman on my on my list of winners for the past weekend. Um and and not just because of the weekend, but the season as a whole so far. Uh so um Well, I guess I won't I guess I won't keep torturing you about it, but I I uh I I will say I'm I'm surprised that you picked him as as one of the first to go. I think uh, I think right now, if they keep building on the momentum they got, I think he's a threat. Time will tell. Time will tell. Probably shortly after we post this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <It's> not before. <laughs> I've already addressed my first winner of the week, um, but let me give you a little more clarity as to why. Alex Bowman, man, he's got three. He's only three points out of the regular season lead. Uh, which, for the record, doesn't really matter in a lot of ways, but it does matter at the end of the season if you can get those 15 bonus points uh, for the playoffs. That would be a, a great addition to his playoff run. This is the best start to a season for him ever, uh, and he has an average finish right now of 5.33, which is fantastic. That's wild. Yeah. So, Especially for a guy who's run you know so poorly in Daytona. Yeah. Like, if you told Alex after three races, that's where he was set. You would buy that all day long. Yeah. I mean, you might have you might have got 
that if you were checking for a starting position, that might be his average most years. But, yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I mean, I, I, I've been blown away by how well that team is running consistently, and I think, yeah, I think as you start to develop that that crew chief driver communication and that that team communication as far as just cleaning up some of the little stuff that happens. I mean, Alex was in a lot better position even at Fontana had it not been for his crew chief or sorry, his uh Jackman slipping running around the car, getting the back in traffic. Had he not got back in traffic like that, I think he's in a lot better position. And then throughout the day they just consistently lost positions on uh cautions. Or on pit stops, I should say. And I think if that doesn't happen, I think we see Alex Bowman in an even better position than he is right now. And that's that's saying a lot. The thing with Bowman with me is I want to see him have a bad race and see how he bounces back from that. Because, like, it's, you know, it's easy when it's all clicking and going. But, like, I feel like with Suarez, you know, he's doing good until he isn't. And then he has a hard time getting back on track. I'm kind of interested to see how Bowman's going to look after, you know, one bad week and see how he can shake it off or if it's going to affect his confidence going forward. You mean like... I'm just not ready. No, go ahead. I'm just not ready to put him top five at the end of the year yet. That's fair. Um, I just, like, what if he had missed, like, eight or nine races in a row? to end a season and then came back at the beginning of the season and rattled off, I don't know, a 5.33 average finish. Like, would that be... You know what? I completely forgot <laughs> about him, you know, with the concussion last year. I mean, Man. keep throwing up those... You're, keep throwing up those I arguments, Donnie. a little few, but I'm not giving him his props. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, the, I, I'm yeah, just... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Like, I'm... Okay, no. I'm yeah. super high on Alex Bowman this year. And I mean... I am anyway. It's easy for me to be in that position, but like, yeah, I'm impressed. I know Alex Bowman probably listens to our podcast, so I'll say it. Alex, I'm sorry, buddy. Wait, you're going to ruin the surprise that he's going to be a guest. (laughs) (laughs) That's obviously not true, but, but, but yeah, let's brag, let's brag on somebody else. Who do you got for a winner from last weekend? Again, I hate to say it, but Ross Chastain, like the guy's first in points right now. He's, he looks dominant. He looks as good as, you know, the guy who made the final four last year and raced for the championship to carry that over and to look competitive. And I mean, he's still aggressive. He still drives like a jerk, but it's what gets him to the dance. And that's what matters at the end of the day. You're not there to make friends. Yeah. He's a guy who, he surprised me because like, Last year, I feel like it would have been a little bit easier to perform because nobody was expecting anything out of you, especially at the beginning of the year, right? Like, yeah. all along the way, you were places you were never supposed to be. So if you failed, you just met expectations. Yeah. But the fact that he was he's still performing this year with a lot more, I'm assuming, pressure and expectations from everybody on him, right? I think that, yeah. that tells a lot. And, I mean, he's leading the points. Like, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a fluke. Yeah. Like, what a fluke is, is, you know, I mean, even Ricky wasn't leading the points after Daytona, was he? No, because he didn't have stage points. Right. So, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, that would have been a fluke. Like, you know, first race, you're leading. But the way it's set up, like, there's really no fluke. Like, if you're leading the points, it's because you're consistent. And you're doing the job you're asked to do. Yeah, and his finishes haven't necessarily matched up to how he's running the races. You look at Fontana, he won both of those stages. And probably yep. by right, yeah, I mean, he was he was fast all day. And I don't know if they missed something on that last pit stop or if Kyle Busch just, you know, had a... Kyle, had a, Kyle Busch. Yeah, that's probably really what happened. Um, yeah. And to be fair, Kyle kind of looked like he'd been toying with Ross a little bit leading up to that um, pit stop. but But he's just been super, super good. And I've been impressed with him a lot this year too. For sure. You got anybody else? Um, not really. Uh, honorable mention to Josh Berry. Maybe he continues to get yeah. opportunities in the Cup Series. Kind of proven himself to be someone that people trust to jump in their car and bring it home. You know, and that's really 
when you're asked to jump into somebody else's car because of an injury or a medical issue or something like that, that's really all people want is just bring the car home in one piece and don't cause a scene. And That's it. I mean, the guy finished two laps down, but he was racing in the car Sunday in NASCAR. Like, yeah. that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's... Someone gave me that call and I finished 36. Guess what? I'm leaving the track with a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, fire... I'm probably leaving in the ambulance if we're being honest, but... <laughs> I'll have a smile on my face. Well, neither one of us would probably bring the car home in one piece because they'd have to use Jaws of Life to get us out. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of you and I being losers. Yeah, who else <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Obviously, Chase Elliott. Yeah. It's hard to not be losing when you can't even make it to the start line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, I feel bad for Chase, but here we are. It's the situation he's in. Um, hasn't had a great start to the season either, so no, it's not exactly a morale I mean, booster. At least you know he's not like a one race guy where he needs to win at this track to get in. Like he's going to have a fair shake when he gets back in six weeks, and I'll be surprised if he doesn't grab a win somewhere and make it in. Yeah, I'd be blown away if he didn't. Um, I actually think, yeah. I, I think that it is unfortunate he's going to miss two places where I kind of have him pegged as a guy who runs pretty well. He ran really well at New Atlanta last year, um, and uh, typically he runs really well at road courses, and he's going to miss Coda too. So I think that's yeah. unfortunate that he's going to miss those opportunities because I do think those are good opportunities for him. And as the year goes on, I think that the competition will probably narrow up a little bit again, and it'll be harder for him to get those wins, if that makes sense. So yeah. I, I mean, think that's going to suck, but for sure this would really too change like our discussion from earlier should teams have a say should racers be doing what they're doing because if this race you know if this season ends with chase missing the playoffs and not looking good i think a lot of team owners are going to start thinking like hey maybe i should put some reins on my guys keep them from doing this stuff because one of the brightest talents in the sport just had an off year yeah and like Here's the reality too is that though I think you look at doing that and I think you're going to see someone like um, we'll use Kyle Larson for an example. I don't think for Kyle Larson that cup is the most fun thing he does. Um, yeah. I'm sure he loves it. I'm sure he, I'm sure it pays the best probably. But I think given the opportunity Kyle Larson would rather be on dirt any day of the week. Right? 100%. So I, th- I think there's a fine line there too between maybe a little bit of reins and just enough that maybe you're gonna maybe you're gonna cost yourself some things. And if you have a guy like someone like that who, given the opportunity to drive for Hendrick and that's it, nothing else, or jump over to a team like Storthaus Racing where eh, maybe we're not quite as good, but you can be the difference maker in a car, yeah. or and have the opportunity to do whatever kind of racing you want. Maybe, maybe that's the difference maker between where that driver decides to go. Yeah, that's true. So I, I do think there's, I know we're going back to our initial topic and maybe yeah. we shouldn't, but, but there's, there's a lot to consider there with that too. Uh, speaking of Kyle Larson, I actually have him on my list of losers in the sense that he had a large lead with like five to go. Uh, caution comes out, and that kind of cost him the victory. I think William Byron probably earned that victory as far as doing everything yeah, right. Big losers, that would be William Byron if he didn't win that race. Yeah, I, that was his race to lose, and I, I really, I don't, I don't really understand what happened that they got so far behind there on that last one. But uh, his pit crew came through when it mattered and got him out. And uh, had it not been actually for Martin Truex being on the inside, I think we would have had a much more interesting ending to that race. I think uh, yeah. I think Truex held up held up Kyle Larson just enough getting around him that that that's what allowed Byron to to really kind of get that buffer that he needed. I think Byron probably had the fastest car on the short runs anyway, but Kyle Larson, he's one of those guys that makes a difference. I think it would have been yeah. very very interesting to watch. For sure, but I mean, Byron did win it off pit road too. So yep, a hundred percent. You know what I mean? He did everything he had to do that on on Sunday, um, and I yeah. think 
still do have William Byron, though, down as a loser. And that's just because he still isn't going by Will uh, Wild Bill Byron. <laughs> Until he changes his name, then, yeah. Well, you start the petition. You start right? the petition. I'm I, sure there's lots on. of people that will. There wouldn't be a better name in NASCAR than Wild Bill Byron. No, I think uh, I think you've got it right. I think that would probably be the all-time. Move over, <laughs> Intimidator. Here he comes. It's <laughs> <Right? Swile> Bill. <laughs> oh, he needs to make it happen. I'll call Rick and discuss it. Mm. I do have one more loser on my list. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> your, your co-host? <laughs> Sorry? I say your co-host? Uh, yeah. Um. What happened to you last week on picks? <laughs> hey, I mean, like I said, thanks, Ryan, for stepping in. But, I mean, I didn't do that bad. I mean, like, you picked the guy who finished dead last and the guy who didn't start. So, I mean, out of a guaranteed two points, you got one. <laughs> I, actually, we uh, – Donnie and I had – well, I, I – I guess I'm talking to the audience when I say that, but you and I had talked on Friday night after the announcement, and we agreed to let you change your pick from Elliot to Keselowski, and yeah. um, that didn't do you any better. Going to be really no, honest. No, really didn't. Well, my... and I mean, in Ryan's defense too, I kept Logano because that's who I would have picked too. Like he was my pick that I had down. So I mean, yeah, it was a rough week. Actually, I was really surprised. Logano doesn't usually mess up on his own like he's uh he's not the type of guy that ruins his own race i guess um but yeah. he got into the wall hard uh early in the run yeah. and i don't know i was expecting a lot more from them yeah especially at yeah. uh <laughs> especially at the Pennzoil 400 when he's sponsored by Pennzoil. that had to be awkward yeah. but, uh so yeah so i picked truex which beat uh ryan's pick of logano which uh, was great for me, and I picked Chastain, which also beat your substitution pick of Keselowski. Um, with my with my Chastain pick, um, I actually was surprised Chastain didn't finish any better than twelfth when I looked at the results. But but here we yeah. are. So, and of course, you pick the one week I don't show up to go all in on Truex. What's up with that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Probably my only chance to get him. <laughs> That's true. Anywhere else he's going to run good, you'll have him. Yeah. Uh, well, loser picks. So give it. All righty, man. Uh, going Christopher Bell this week. Christopher Bell. Okay. Christopher Bell. You told me uh, earlier that you were gonna you were gonna pick a guy that that uh, you thought I would. So I was not expecting yeah, you to pick Christopher Bell. Well, no, like the next guy I was going to pick, like my next pick is somebody I thought you would take first pick. But I, after hearing you talk today, I'll be very surprised if you did. Okay. Um, so who do you got? I'm taking Harvick. Oh, shut up. <laughs> That's um, exactly who I was thinking. Well, okay. So earlier I'm in the race, like, you're like, I think I'm going to take somebody that you're probably going to want to take. I'm like, oh, well, there goes my Harvick pick. Yeah, um, but then listening to you talk, you're like, oh, I don't think Harvick's going to stick around the top five. I don't think he has a resurgence. I didn't say he was going to drop out this week. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, good, I don't have to take Harvick first. I'll get Christopher Bell out of the way. No, no, man, Harvick, uh, Harvick's dominant <laughs> at Phoenix. Oh, uh, Frig, yeah. Oh, sorry, buddy. I didn't, I didn't purposely you know, mislead you, but I mean, I'll, I'll take. I'll take that Harvick pick. Like I said, I had three picks just in case this happens. So pick number two, Truex Jr. Okay. He's going back-to-back weeks on the chart, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very uh, hilarious. This one might surprise you a little bit just because I yeah. tend to shy away from it. But we're going to his home track. He ran there really well filling in for Junior back in the day. I'm picking my guy Bowman. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, – Pretty confident in both of my picks. I'll write them on the list here later. Um, mine and yours both. So you took Bell and Truex going with the uh, all JGR lineup. Here's the thing. Past five years, uh, we've gone... Where are we at here? 
yeah, past five years we had uh, Hosswin, JGR, Ford, JGR, Ford. So I think it's JGR's turn to win again, kind of thing. They've been alternating wins, so you know, Frisco I go winning last year for the Fords. I think it's going to be the Toyotas this year. I I appreciate that we have somewhat of a, a stats lover on the, <laughs> but when Mike Joy does it, he doesn't have to flip through his notes. Like he just rattles it off. <laughs> Even if it's nicknames that maybe we shouldn't call professional drivers <laughs> when they win the biggest <laughs> race of the career. Oh man! <laughs> but Mike nonetheless, no joy. <laughs> Mike, steal Mike your joy. joy. Steal your joy. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless I think those are our picks for this week uh, I think we've covered all the topics we wanted to cover uh, looking forward to Phoenix this weekend I don't know about you but yeah absolutely anything but Las Vegas yeah that's right you know you can't be as news fast as it was last week no get another host <laughs> get another what sorry get another co-host <laughs> well I um uh, <laughs> I figure if it's too much of a snooze, I'll just uh, pop a Paxlovid. Should knock me right out. <laughs> I see the commercials, and it's kind of like, you know, back in the day, they used to advertise the Baconator all the time, and I wanted a Baconator. Now they're advertising Paxlovid so much, I'm like, oh, I should try that. COVID thing sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, nonetheless, though, uh, one more final thank you to Ryan for stepping in on short notice last week. Um if you're if you're the type of person that listens to this podcast on a regular basis, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear more from Ryan and potentially others from the Revline Racing esports team as well. Um, being <laughs> being on the team gives me a certain level of access to those guys when I when we need a co-host or need a guest or something like that. They kind of uh, kind of give me some opportunities to reach out to them. Uh, we are so glad to have you back this week for another episode. But we do hope that you'll follow us on Facebook and wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to see you again after Phoenix before we get ready for yet another edition of the new Atlanta and all the carnage that that potentially brings to the table. So, Donnie, I hope you have a great week. You too, my friend. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Sounds good. See you guys. All right, Don. Got through another one. Perfect. Now all I got to do is go back and edit out your dark, twisted Schumacher joke.